welcome to you gotta have faith. What is faith? In Hebrews 11, chapter 1, verse, the Apostle Paul writes, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. One playwright writes, It's believing when you see white, when your eyes tell you black. It's a belief where no one else believes. Dr. King says, If you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. This is a podcast about faith. This is a Christian podcast where we share our faith and belief in God and also in mankind. The goodness and kindness in mankind. In today's world, we see lots of ugliness based on racism, misogyny, and age-old grudges. But there's goodness in all of us. There's goodness in this world. But it begins with our belief. you got to have faith. Today is the 15th of December, 2018, and I'm with Craig Dickerson. Hello, hello. <laughs> hey. Good morning, good morning, or and morning somewhere. Absolutely. And uh, Deb Carragher, she is sick, um, so uh, I'm wishing the best for her. Yes, we are. Yeah. Wishing her health and a speedy recovery. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully she's staying warm and doing good things for herself. Absolutely. Her and Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right, her little cat. And yeah. we're thinking about her. Mm-hmm. Thinking about your dad, missing you. Yeah. yeah. I hope I see you before the holidays. Abs- yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this, excuse me, this is the week before, um, the, the week, uh, the week before Christmas, yeah. And, um, we want to focus on, uh, we're going to focus on Exodus, chapter 2, verses 1 through 15, and I'll also touch on, there's a piece of, there's a part of the Talmud, which is called the Agadah, or also pr- pronounced Haggadah, which talks also about the uh, Moses' birth. But beforehand, um, we'll, I'll open this up in prayer. Heavenly Father, I truly thank you for waking uh, Craig and I up on this wonderful Saturday morning. We thank you. We love you so much. And we thank you for motivating us for getting into your word and celebrating the birth, the gift that um, you have given to us. Um, We want to make sure that everyone who listens to this understands that Christmas is not just about giving. I'm sorry, not about receiving, but also about giving and about uh, spreading the joy and the good news that Jesus is born and that he is here to give his life to us, to give his wisdom to us, and to give his love to us. And we ask that everything that we say, everything that we do, every, every fiber of our being is blessed by the love that you give to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Right? Amen. Well. Of course, we can do no wrong now. <laughs> All righty. So I wanted to talk about Moses. You know, we talked about the verse of Jesus last week. Right. And with Luke. Yeah, yeah, that's right, with Luke. And I wanted, there's a parallel between the birth and, of course, the events surrounding the birth of Jesus. It's true. With the birth of Moses. Mm-hmm. So here's the NIV version. I'm going to read Exodus 2, verses 1 through 15. Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman. And she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a piperous basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe. And her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, 
Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. And actually, I'm going to stop there. I said I was going to go all the way to 15, but I think it's, um... Yeah, that's, that's kind of... Yeah. That's, that's kind of a lot, a, a, a lot when yeah. we take into, mm-hmm. you know, what was going on in these people's lives, kind of like the backstory. Exactly. You know? and, if, and if we go into Exodus 1, we can see some of the... Um, <clears throat> what's going on in verse 16. Well, actually, I'll go to verse 15 of Exodus 1. The king, the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose name was Sipporah and Pua, when you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also in 17, the midwives, however, feared God and did not know what the king of Egypt had told them. It did not do what the king of Egypt told them to do. They let the boys live. So, and it goes on and on. But basically, um, Pharaoh heard a, um, a prophecy yeah. that there will be one who will rise up and uh, topple his kingdom. And he reacted to it, and uh, basically he put out a, um, a death, death warrant mm-hmm. on all of the boys. Yeah. Yeah, the midwives, uh, and they kind of stood up to him. <laughs> the Pharaoh at first. Yeah, yeah. yeah they kind of like, mm-hmm. like, ah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what a wonderful thing, because we have in this story in, in the Exodus too, we have people of different classes. We have the Queen of Egypt, and we have Hebrew slaves. Yeah. And yet they're working to collaborate to protect this boy. Yeah, well, uh, there's, there's a certain, uh, you know, solidarity among among these women, no matter what their yes. cast. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you think about those times, no matter whether you were rich, you know, like royalty or, a, mm-hmm. like you were saying, a, or, a, or a poor widow, sure. an outcast or yeah. a slave, yeah. you know, you were still property. You were still, you know, living in a, in, in a man's world. Yeah, that's and, right. Uh, and I think there was there's a certain solidarity among these women, mm-hmm. you know, Pharaoh's daughter and... Uh, Moses is actual birth mother. But what we see parallel, what I was telling you, with the, with the Christ stories, we see like, That's right. you know, this beautiful image of uh, an innocent child, mm-hmm. male child. Yes. Um, um, but, it, you know, all of the, uh, all the risk of it is taken on by the women, yep. and it's very life or death. Mm-hmm. I mean, any one of these people could have been persecuted yeah. for what they were doing. They were committing a crime, mm-hmm. and uh, and yet they risk it all. Yeah, you know, for the innocent, for this innocent yeah. baby. I mean, it's 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 fearless. Uh, it's um. They recognize that they have compassion. It's it's a uh, wonderful. You can tell the compassion that they have. I mean, almost instantly, even in Exodus one, where the midwives hear the story and they're like, "Oh, wait a minute, 
that's not something that we're going to do. They may fear the Pharaoh, but it, it appears to me that they fear God more. They fear a sin. I mean, I think about, of course, I always connect this with real-life situations. You know, let's say you have a boss telling you to do something that you know is wrong. Or even in the Trump administration. I mean, Trump is having the hardest time finding a chief of staff. Um, because nobody wants a job. <laughs> no one, if finally, you know, someone has the, um, the conscience to say, listen, I don't care if he's the president of the United States, this is not a job I want to do. Someone told me that actor John Voight volunteered. <laughs> I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that Jose Canseco. Oh, Jose Canseco? He volunteered? He volunteered. Wow. So there are people who actually want this job. <laughs> well, yeah, so they are folks who have no conscience, but clearly the, you know, the brighter minds are like, no, I, I don't want to do th- these things because, you know, when people do evil things, <clears throat> one person can do evil things. I mean, I want to think about Adolf Hitler. He needed help. He needed people to, you know, to sort of buy into what he was doing, to commit all the atrocities that he did. And um, clearly these midwives were like, no, listen, I'm, I'm not getting involved in this. And we feel compassion for, you know, these children. And um, Moses... I mean, think of how properly we think um, of, you know, there are a lot of Christians who believe, hey, I'm just one person, and, you know, how can God focus on me? Um, But God really did focus, you know, on this one child to say, listen, you know, I'm going to make sure that nothing happens to you because you're going to deliver my word. Well, also, I mean, what I'm getting from this story and also Mm -hmm. from the the Christ story, you know, is the, the... the fearless act and individual determination of women yeah. to make these things come about, and I really don't—I really don't think we can like stress that mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. Um, that throughout the, throughout the Bible, and we've mm-hmm. looked at this story, and we've looked at the story of Ruth, yeah. and um, and we look at the the decision Mary made when the angel said. This is the way it's going to go down. Yeah. Are are you up for that? And she was like, I'm a, I'm in. Yeah. And and she was mm-hmm. totally committed to yeah. the, you know, you know, an unmarried pregnant woman leaving her home, you know, and yeah. leaving all, you know, plans mm-hmm. and comfort to like the confusion and probably dismay of her family and entire community. Yeah. To do what the angel of God requested. Yeah, I mean that's grit, that's determination. Yeah, you know you can even say the Pharaoh's daughter, even though she probably could have taken it or leaving mm-hmm. or, or left it. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, jeopardize her own kind of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, safety or security well, sure. by doing this. I mean, arguably. Yeah, um, I mean even the Queen of Egypt. I mean, uh, you know, she could have been beaten. I mean, I'm sure she would not have, you know. Killed or anything like that, you know, or, or if she was found out, have the child killed right in front of sure. her. And, you That's know, right. You know, yeah, could have been traumatized in that way or another. Yeah, you know. But what what we see here, I mean, what I'm what I'm seeing is the big picture. Is yeah, that, is that is that it's the midwives prior to Exodus two. Yeah, and then uh, Moses's mother, sister, and then the Pharaoh's daughter. All mm-hmm. you see the solidarity of uh, of commitment for these people to. To take these risks and do this uh, for their own hearts, mm-hmm. and 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 you know, in essence, eventually, 
for um, the entire you know uh, community of I guess in this case the Hebrews yeah who are you know believing in you know their God of their salvation right at that particular time yeah yeah so but I, I love the way it it calls me you know uh, and well we were talking about this you know earlier um, mm-hmm. it's not just about you know, receiving, it's about giving to this, this time of year when we feel most vulnerable, when we feel, you know, we're able to open our hearts, we want to, mm-hmm. you know, open our hearts, maybe, you know, for a time, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. that um, it's a call to responsibility um, that should be going on year round. Absolutely. And not just because we feel sentimental. Yeah. Um, there's, this is a, this is a chance to kind of get that muscle working, you know, yeah, get, it, get it working. I'm sure we sound like a broken record. <laughs> I, I do, I do, I do sound but, like a broken record. But it's important, I mean, you know, people need people to help each other. I mean, you know, we, you know, um, it's often said that, you know, Superman won't fly out of the sky to help you. Sometimes you have to be the answer. You have to be the answer. Well, Donald yeah. Trump said he was going to take on the mantle. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not sure what that means. I mean, <laughs> is that a cape or something? Uh, who knows? I, don't know. I mean, you can hear my eyes rolling. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's okay. No, no, it's fine. It's more Trump. But it's interesting you mentioned Trump. I mean, uh, so this week we found out it actually happened last week. But a seven-year-old girl died in ICE custody. Yeah. She was taken away. She was an undocumented immigrant from Guatemala. And her family had traveled long, long and hard, and they hadn't eaten for a long time. And as is the standard in Trump's America, you know, uh, the family was detained because of the law. I talked about this earlier, but basically there's a law that states that children cannot be put in jail or else the United States can be, um, I don't know, fined or there's an injunction or, you know, there's, there's, it's a violation of the law. So the way that Trump has this one no, no zero tolerance policy is that the child is taken to a so-called air quotes detention center. They don't call it jail. It sounds like jail to me. So the seven-year-old was put into this detention center, and eight hours later, she died. She had not eaten, um, and uh, nobody knows who her name is. And, of course, ICE or uh, the – hold on, I've got the article right here. Uh, uh, CBP, the Customs and Border Patrol, they have kept this secret for a week. Apparently, the the information leaked, and so now that's how we know about it. But they wanted to keep it under wraps, and of course they say, well, it's not our responsibility, and we, we did everything we could to save the child. Well, that child died out of, their, out of his or her parents' arms for eight hours, not having eaten or, or drank anything. And when I think about the scripture, we have women in power, well, at least you know, the Egyptian woman in power, uh, plus the Hebrews working to save this child and to protect this child. And if anyone in ICE, I mean, I don't want to, uh, of course, I'm the one who's, who's you know, um, making the assumption. For eight hours, I don't know what they did. Or, you know, I'm sure they couldn't focus on one child because there are a bunch of other children who are there. Um, this child should have received the love that they clearly never got. And it's sad. It's really sad. And what it tells us is that in this story, we're 
a few brave people managed to kind of work it out. Yep. Or with the grace of God or with the, you know, mm-hmm. or in the story anyway. Yeah. I, what it says to me, uh, you know, and I, I take these stories, I think they're nice and pretty and, mm-hmm. you know, it's good to kind of like, you know, review them and, yeah. you know, for the, for the wonderful things they say. But what I get from it is like, be responsible, people. Be responsible. That's We're exactly responsible. Right. That's exactly right. We're responsible for each other. We're responsible for the things that happen. You know, that our government does. You and I, we we allow this every single day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we tolerate it. And you can turn the other cheek as much as you want and say, like, well, it's not my deal. But, but ultimately, you're responsible. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely responsible. Yeah. And, um, you know... You can't make friends with oppression anymore. People. Yeah, it's it's just not right. Yeah, and when you I know. think when I think about Moses and what Moses's mother did, I, I compare Moses's mother and the Hebrews just like the Guatemalans who traveled to the United States. You know, well, arguably, she, you know, you've had these people who say like, well, she's, you know, she obviously, you know, uh, 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 did the same, you know, from her own choosing, yeah. and maybe. You know, I mean, no sane person would have traveled that great distance, mm-hmm. you know, and endangered their youngster. Yeah. Unless they thought that it was going to be better for them. Exactly. Than death. Exactly. Where they were. Whether we think, whether we like to think about it or not, the United States is, you know, as horrible it can be, it is so much better than so many other uh, countries. I mean, it's, it's the most profitable country on earth. And if we look at the real history of mm-hmm. of, of our um, involvement in, yeah. in, in these uh, these very you know, economically and, and politically you know tyrannical and sometimes military-run governments, you know that these people are fleeing from. We're culpable in in their very existence in the in in, in that political yeah. sphere. We you know we kind of laid the groundwork I dare for a say, lot of these banana republics down there. But I mean, I dare say that the United States is almost can be compared to Egypt. I mean, I think it's not a direct parallel. You kind of get you kind of get that feeling from this. I, you see. I mean, Trump didn't say these children will die, but guess what? A seven-year-old did die. Because they weren't supposed to be in this thing in, in, in the first place. I don't want to get into a political thing, but... We kind of are. Parallel. We're kind of, we're kind of like, yeah. like knee-deep in it now, but right? I mean, I'm, if I'm going to hit the third rail, I'm going to hit it. So. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what, what Moses' mother want was a better life for Moses. Yeah. He, one, she, that, one that didn't mean certain death. Exactly. And what did it mean? It meant sending her child to Egypt. It meant a risk. Yes. And, and it was a risk, but it was a risk that she was willing to take. And it worked out, obviously. It worked out for all of us because, you know, prior to Jesus, Moses was the Messiah, yeah, I mean, the, yeah. the disciple that brought us the Ten Commandments. Yeah, if, if, if it didn't work out, there would only be two books in the Bible. That's exactly right. <laughs> there would not be a, uh, an Old Testament man. There would be no reference for Jesus to tap into <laughs> yeah. if we didn't have the, the First Testament. So we owe a great deal to Moses. <clears throat> and Moses was reared by, I would say, two mothers. You know, the Hebrew mother and the Egyptian mother. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean basically, you know, without the, 
the safety and concern and nurturing of these women, they, you know, wouldn't have happened. And we can, I can say that for me and you and just yeah. about anybody who lives in this world. And mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the safety and nurturing and the love uh, of a lot of brave women, mm-hmm. I know I wouldn't be around. And I wouldn't have the kind of um, capacity mm-hmm. uh, for actually, you know, caring about things. Absolutely. Uh, without that. And uh, I think that's a blessing. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think it's a blessing that's kind of that uh, the Bible uh, reminds us a lot of if mm-hmm. we really look into it. It's just the power and the beauty and the bravery of a lot of these women. Yeah, absolutely. To take on this responsibility of to, to teach us, mm-hmm. you know, men and women, um, to, uh, how to be better people and how to you know, how, how to live, yeah. you know, with, without fear. Yeah, absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. or even when you do have fear, mm-hmm. to go forward, you yeah, know. Well, well, I think about, I think about not let fear stop you. Absolutely. I think about there's a, there's a passage in uh, Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley in the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Uh, he wants us to not fear, you know, the, the evil that makes us, uh, pre- prevents us from doing God's work. Yeah, it's easy to be immobilized by that. Sure. It's really easy. Yeah. I think that's what we do 364 days a year. <laughs> sure. Sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but in this time of, in this time of, um, oh, sappiness mm-hmm. and sentimentality. Sure. Um, uh, grab hold a little bit of that uh, grit and responsibility that's been an example of the, uh, you know, True, we're, we're, we're celebrating the advent and the redeemer of the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that redeemer came with instructions um, to love one another mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. All the time, not just once, yeah. not just every now and then. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I hate to get all, I mean, you know, I, hate to, I hate to get all mean about you know, because I want to get wrapped up. I want to get swallowed up in the sentimentality, too, and the joy. Sure. And the, sure. You know, and, I, and and sometimes I do, and it's a lovely thing. And, mm-hmm. and you know, well, I, 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 I see a lot of people really mm-hmm. desiring that and feeling yeah. melancholy when they don't have family or they don't, mm-hmm. you know, have loved ones to, you know, cling to. Yeah, you know, and and you were talking about this last week with, uh, mm-hmm. oh, beware, beware, the holidays are coming. They're loaded <laughs> with all kinds of, oh, sure. you know, yeah. you know all kinds of confusing kind of, yeah. you know, up and down, and you know, because everyone that wasn't raised as the Partridge family or the Brady Bunch or whatever. I mean, we love to, you know, mimic these things that we see on TV and commercials or whatever. But we don't always have it that way. You know, some some of us come from a dysfunctional family, uh, or you know, a very charged situation, mm-hmm. like, you know, um, Moses' family, yeah. like, uh, you know, Jesus' family, Mary, you know, on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, in a manger, you know, the, no one wants to take her in. She was in a very, very, you know, critical situation. Now, I can't imagine how she felt 14 years old, I think 14 or 15 years old. Oh, yeah, bumping along on a donkey all pregnant. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably starving. Yeah, <laughs> so we can, you know... I, I, I fully understand that many people may feel grumpy during this Christmas holiday season because they don't have bunches of toys under the Christmas tree and 
they don't um, buy into the whole Santa Claus and ho 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 and and all that sort of stuff. I say, you know, when I think about Christmas, it's the birth of Christ, and it's a reminder that we have a job to do. The job is to give. The job is to be there for our fellow man and women. You know, a lot of times I know this this season can like push you even down further, especially if you know it's just a reminder when you see all like, mm-hmm. you know, the the, the happy. You know, kind of kidding faces and the, oh, sure. and the kind of comfort that a lot of people uh, find, and maybe you don't find that, you know, yeah. in your daily life. And it seems seems like it's echoed and, you know, and, and it becomes even bigger around this time of year. Yeah. And get, get out away from yourself and, and, uh, and, 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 and force yourself on this world. There's a lot of people who would be very appreciative if you just, you know, if you just – you know, showed your face, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. you, know, you know, there's a lot of community activities that are going on yeah. outside, you know, yeah, maybe your realm. Yeah, food yeah. pantries. Yeah. Matter of fact, later on today, you'll be going on a food pantry to, yeah. uh, to help out folks. Yeah, we'll be, uh, it's, we'll a be wonderful, it's a wonderful gift, gift, gift to yourself, the gift of giving, the fact that, you know, you'll put a smile on someone's face just by being there, just by, you know, giving someone some food or even just listening to them and talking to them and being there for them. Yeah. Um, that's what God, that's what Jesus wants us to do. And uh, it's a wonderful thing. And also remember, if you think, if you believe you're not getting a gift, you've gotten the gift that Christ has given you. Now, if you don't believe that, that means you haven't received the gift. Um, you know, if I get a gift and I don't open it, I can't say I never got a gift. I just say I got it, but I didn't open it. So How weird. You just leave it under the tree. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus has a gift for all of us. But I also want to talk because we have friends of ours who are Jewish. Um, and I want to, when we talk about the book of Moses, I want to talk about, so I, I dived into the Talmud. Yeah, what you find there? So a second type of writings in the Talmud is called the Agadah, also called the Haggadah, A-G-G-A-D-A-H. The Haggadah, they're not considered law, uh, which is how, how you have to pardon, pardon me because this is a Christian trying to dive into uh, Jewish thing. Do it we can. Hal, hal, halaka? Yeah, halaka, uh, which is Jewish law. So is this the. Uh, so the Haggadah is not Jewish law, but these are like just stories that are told. Oh, okay. So this is kind of paralleling uh, Exodus? It does. So here's the story. Um, this Haggadah tells the story of baby Moses being held by Pharaoh at a banquet. As a baby, Moses is sitting on Pharaoh's lap. He reaches up, removes Pharaoh's crown, and places it on his own head. Pharaoh's advisors tell him it's a sign Moses one day will usurp the king's authority and that he should kill the baby. But Pharaoh's daughter, insisting the baby is innocent, offers a test. She tells her father to place the baby on the ground with the crown and some hot coals. If the baby Moses takes the crown, he's guilty. But if he takes the hot coals, he's innocent. The Agadah goes on to say that an angel pushes Moses' hands to the coals. Moses burns his mouth with the coals, and that is why Moses was slow speech and tongue as an adult, which is talked about in Exodus 4th chapter, verses 10. So that's kind of creepy. (laughs) (laughs) It's a creepy story. That is a creepy story. Yeah, and this, like I said, this is uh, like a... um, a tale, like, you know, my grandmother would always tell me some tales and, and whatever. And I imagine you can compare it to Jesus' parables. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's certainly, I, I, there's a lot of imagery there. Yeah, 
Bianca and, you know, let's say an innocent child is at a banquet, grabs, you know, uh, <laughs> a crown, yeah. which is probably shiny and has, has you know, jewels in it and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, where did I come from this, like, okay, kill the baby? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that, that is what Bayer is doing, but uh, it's, it's an interesting story, and uh, it's, it's a wonderful Jewish telling of baby Moses and an angel protecting Moses from, from death. And also, we'll get the Pharaoh's daughter wanting to protect this Hebrew child. Yeah. Yeah. There's, a, there's some bravery and risk there. Yeah. And I'll put a link for uh, learning what the Agadah is and what the Talmud we'll is. We'll learn together. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to look at that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So we have the Talmud, and uh, once again, we have two people caring for um, a child and also an angel intervening. And um, even a link to... Um, Exodus is um, 410. I'm interested in that Exodus 410. I wonder what, what it says. Um, but Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I am not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and tongue. Yeah, that, type, that taps into what we were talking about in the very, very first podcast we ever did, which was Exodus 3, where the burning bush, Moses has talked to God in the burning bush. And Moses giving all sorts of excu- excuses as to why he he cannot be the um, the carrier of his word, the messenger of his word. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Moses gets a lot of different instructions, like weird things that God yeah. asks him sure. to do. And- and awesome. Yeah, and I remember you were saying, you know, it's just like, you know, the burning bush. I remember our very, very first one. Can you believe that we're in our 60th podcast? This is 6-0? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I remember when we started, I still feel like just a li- little bit little bit less naive, but uh-huh. st- still when we first started, I was kind of like, oh, what are we doing? We yeah. know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're, you know, for two guys that don't, you know, nothing, uh, we, we, I think we've done pretty well. And we have, you know, a bit of a following. You know, you have, you have family in Texas who are listening. I believe so. I yeah. believe so sometimes, yeah. And I've got folks in Washington, D.C. who are listening. And we have, I have a good friend of mine who is also studying uh, divinity um, in Texas, and she listens. So wonderful. So that's so we do have a, a little small, so, small so, grown clientele. So now you guys, you're experts now. You, you should <laughs> come, in, come in and confer with us. Sure, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Talk to us. Tell us uh, what you think of it. Yeah. But also, I, I think about the very first podcast, and you talked about God as a burning bush, not just speaking to Moses, but speaking to us. You know, we're there too. You know, God is speaking. Mm-hmm. I'll let you get that. God is speaking to all of us, and um, and I think about you know when I think about the seven year old child, I mean you know imagine that were Moses, imagine that were I mean I keep on thinking about my grandmother who would say, you know, you may walk past someone and look down on someone, but that may be Jesus. Jesus may be walking the earth right now. Well, and, we, need and, to, we need to feel responsible for one another, and, yeah. and it's it's unfortunate mm-hmm. that you know. Things have to be in such a crisis mode for in, in, order for that, that, in, yeah. in order for that to happen. Yeah, um, that's why I'm kind of appealing to you now, mm-hmm. world. Uh, now that you're all gushy and sentimental and vulnerable and weak, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and maybe 
you know, stuffed with good food and mm-hmm. and surrounded by love or, or, or the feeling of it or you, you're very ready to welcome it mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Now, now I really want you to dig in. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and feel inspired um, to do something outside of your comfort zone. To be like these brave women and take a risk. And I'm not saying take a big risk. I'm saying think about how you can change this world into a more beautiful place where people actually do care about others, where we don't have to pick up pieces, you know, mm-hmm. when there's a crisis. Yeah. When we can pick up pieces because it just feels good and natural to do it all the time. Yep. You know, in, in small ways even, but mm-hmm. just in regular ways. Yeah. And not just something that happens on a special occasion. Yeah. And you, you know. may think it's a simple thing, but it may be a matter of life and death to that person. It may be the thing that changes their lives by just being there for them. I mean, um, a simple act of, of feeding someone. I mean, I still think about the seven-year-old. You know, what if that child received just some food? Um, it, or some, it could have been the difference. Some, or some... But I said, hey, the, hey, we need a doctor here right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, Just one person paying attention. Or caring enough. I mean, yeah. so many times we look at this world and all we see is this opaque mm-hmm. tapestry of, well, that's life. Yep. And there's nothing beyond it. But, you know, in, in this in this time, it's I feel like some... Someone once said, you can't just look at that. You need to look at the threads. Yeah. You need to examine it closely yeah. and then look further and deeper and yeah. know that, you know, each little life is tied to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the way it, that's the way it works. Yeah. You know, or doesn't work. But that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's the it's reality. Works, yeah. uh, you know, we're hanging together. Yeah. You know? You know, I remember, I remember talking about, um, a couple of podcasts ago about calluses. Uh, both of us play guitar. Yeah. And uh, if you play guitar a lot, I, I need to get back into it because I, I've put the guitar away. But if you play a lot, you'll develop a callus on your fingers. Um, it hardens your fingers so you don't feel the pain anymore. <laughs> and unfortunately, you can develop a callus, and especially it happens when you become cynical. And this time of the year, you know, we can easily become cynical because we see these commercials and everyone's living a wonderful time. Yeah, it's like, okay. all fake and like a show. Right, exactly. And you can develop a callus on your own feelings where you stop feeling for other people. You stop feeling, you know, for your fellow man unless, you know, they are related to you or something like that. And I would invite you to resist that callus. You know, the queen of Egypt could have said, oh, there's another child. Well, what's the big deal? You know, I'm a queen, and I'm famous, and I'm rich. Get, get that Hebrew away, away from yeah. me. I, I don't need to take care of that child. She, But she didn't have a callus. She cared. And, you know, the, and the Hebrew, the sister of Moses, you know, was there to make sure that her little brother was protected. And um, just not having a callus and, and, and just being there and just... No matter where you are in life, we still need each other. And you may think that, you know, what you're giving is just a little thing. It means a lot to someone else. So I would invite anyone, resist the callous and just be there for someone. I'd, I'd go a little further than that and say, like, you know, maybe you can't do anything about your callous. Maybe it's just there. Mm-hmm. It's a part of you. Yeah. And it's a strong part of you. And maybe it's hard for you to, you know, 
to see beyond that in, in, in your identity. I know that there are certain things about me and my identity that are, you know, I'm not, not crazy about. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I can't just say that's not me. It's it would be a lie, and that's mm-hmm. that is a part of me. I'm just saying your callous is also is, is your resistance to you know maybe mm-hmm. some of the positive things in the world, but there's more. Mm-hmm. There's more to you than that. There's more to me than that. Um, and you see people getting together, and to, you know, you know. I mean, I, I you know, like I'm in the you know, in the, you know in the restaurant business. I see a lot of families mm-hmm. coming in who are forced to have a meal together. Oh, sure. It's, it's oh, really sure. difficult. Yeah. You know, and yeah. there's this kind of forced joy, and then there's this kind of just anguish about these, <laughs> you know, times these people who have to be together. Yeah. I'm saying like, you know, I know all this Christmassy stuff is a big show and a lot of phony, phony stuff. But um, let the show happen. Let yeah. that be a part. Let that, you know, cynicalness be a part of you if it is. Mm-hmm. And then understand that there's more. Mm-hmm. There is, there is more. There's room for more. You know, God loves you just the way you are. You know, calluses and warts and all. Yeah. Um, and he loves the part of the person that you want to be as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the part of the person that seems only natural, you know, to want to commune, to want to love, yeah. to need love, and to need to give and receive it. Uh, that's kind of why what we're saying, you know, it sounds hokey, but it's never going to go away is because people do desire joy and love. They desire to give it and they desire to receive it. Mm-hmm. And and that's part of what we're trying to explore here and in, 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 in the way in which we focus on the word. It's like, it's there, you know, it's there. You have the capacity to do it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Absolutely. And now, now hopefully, you know, with the birth of, you know, and the, the birth and the saving of Moses and the birth and the, of, of, of Jesus, the Redeemer of the world, you know, we feel inspired mm-hmm. uh, to kind of do a little bit more. Yeah. To be, to be more mm-hmm. than just what we think we are stuck with. And when I think about calluses, a lot of times it's justified. A lot of times, you know, people are fake or phony and, you know, people say things and they don't really mean it. You know, you're going to meet relatives who are like, oh, give me a hug and, oh, I haven't seen you in such a long time. And you you can ease very easily and rightfully so question the fact that they, you know, they, you know, you still don't forgive them for what they did, you know. Uh, or you do give me a hug it's like hugging a surfboard. Or sure. <laughs> but don't, yeah, but Craig is absolutely right. Don't let it define you. Don't, you know, you're more than that. And um, you can't become, a, you know, a rock where um, nothing, where nothing penetrate, penetrates you. Um, you know, don't, you can't be defined by the things that come at you or whatever. I mean, and, and also God's love is coming at you as well. And if you allow yourself to be a callous to that, then that's a real problem. Um, so what's the best way of saying it? Um so, yes, we understand that you may have a callus, but be more than that and allow yourself the capacity to give. You know, there's, a, you know, there's a lot of really mysterious things in, in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just a couple of them. Sure. This Moses story, the Christ story. Yeah. And, then it, you know, and, and we're going to go on and find much more kind of mm-hmm. crazy, controversial, mysterious things. Yeah. You know, um, 
one of the things that uh, we discussed in Wednesday. Bible study this yeah. week was uh, John the Baptist talking about the purifying fires mm-hmm. of repentance. I mean, it's like, and I know, and, and, and the first thing I thought of was like, I know my non-Christian friends are going to go like nuts about this stuff because here you are mm-hmm. talking about fire and purification, yeah. you know, and all this yeah. stuff. It's like, you know, it's all that kind of like, you know, crazy going to hell stuff that yeah. I grew up with and yeah, turned people. me off and turned anybody, sure. any kind of intelligent person that I knew yeah. off. Yeah. But there's a certain mystery and grace involved with the idea, the image of being purified. Yeah. When John the Baptist, you know, was you know, baptizing people, he was mm-hmm. He would say, you know, yeah, I'll baptize you with water, but there's mm-hmm. going to be another who's going to baptize you with fire. <laughs> you know, and, and it was a way. And, mm-hmm. and in the, in a very colloquial way, he was talking about, uh, you know, kind of like the way you smelt metals or purify metals. You know, Absolutely, I was going to say, yeah. Or, or remove the the chaff and burn it away, so mm-hmm. that you have the, the grain, which is the good stuff. I mean, right. It was just like these were images that kind of like were a working man's kind of idea mm-hmm. about uh, understanding how to make things pure, how to, how to refine, mm-hmm. you know, metals, how to, um, you know, sort, you know, mm-hmm. food. Yeah. You know, these were the common kind of things, where, mm-hmm. but they just turned into, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of hellfire. Yeah. Now, the original I think about John the Baptist, and I think he even connects with what we're talking about here. He was one who, he didn't have a catalyst. He really did believe in the coming. And, you know, he's the precursor of the coming of Christ. And it also parallels, I was just thinking about this, it parallels Moses in the burning bush. And even this, um, the, the Agadah, where Moses is so close to the fire, the coal, yeah. that he is burned. Yeah, you have that burning thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, your fire means purification. If, I, if there's water. And I want to boil boil away any impurities or whatever. We boil water. So there is a purification. And when you you have to make a sword, you have to put it in the fire and hammer out all the impurities and all that stuff. But John the Baptist, he was one where he truly, truly believed in the coming of Christ. And he didn't, he wasn't, he wasn't fake. You know, he wasn't, he, he, he delivered it, you know, real. You and during breakfast we we compared him to like a death metal. You know, metal <laughs> yeah, that's guy. that's one of the things I kind of compared him yeah. to. There's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing sugary sweet. There's nothing you know flowery about John the Baptist. He's going to give you the word whether you like it or not. Yeah, and he was down. He, and he wasn't you know he wasn't really kind of like a, mm-hmm. a glitzy piece love showman. He was right. He was nitty gritty. That's right. You know. Yeah. You know, which is kind of like. I don't know. It just made me think of a metal, you know, kind of show. A metal. No, no, no. Because people I, came far and wide to hear him. You know? he yeah, was, he was entertaining. Yeah, you know? and clearly he, though, he was speaking uh, truth that no one else was hearing. And he would be talking to, um, you know, common people mm-hmm. most of the time. You yeah, know, not, you know, you know, it wasn't like he. I mean, he did pack houses, but you know, that mm-hmm. he wasn't. I compared him to metal, and I compared Christ's. Followers like, yeah. like Fairport Convention. You know? yeah. <laughs> he was the peace and love there. Yeah. You know? And you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about, you know, we, the birth of Jesus, and, and you know, and the next, not this Monday, but next Monday will be Christmas. I mean, I'm sorry, next Tuesday after next will be t- Christmas. 
it's sort of a do-over for mankind. You know, we yeah. had one birth of Moses, uh-huh. and Moses had the Ten Commandments and gave us the Word of God, but we did not take it in, and we did not bring it to our hearts. And Moses, you know, had to pay a price. You know, he was denied the kingdom of heaven. Um, so this is sort of a do-over for us, uh, where we, uh, God says, well, okay, I gave you Moses, and that didn't work out. Now I'm going to give you Jesus Christ. Let's see what you do with it this time. Well, you know, and from one could argue, well, why would God keep doing that? Yeah. And uh, I'd say because, you know, it makes him happy to, yeah. to try and help us. Mm-hmm. I think Christ's message is, uh, is just as powerful and potent as it, mm-hmm. as it was then. It's like the whole idea of people is to create heaven here on earth. Yeah. You know, that's what, that's what we're asking. It's a it's a tall order, mm-hmm. but uh, that's kind of that's kind of the mission here. Yeah, that's that's the mission statement is 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 create heaven here on earth, mm-hmm. um, or do the best you can trying. Yeah, and do it with yourself. Do it with your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Uh, do it because you know God loves you, and, mm-hmm. uh, and you should love God back. Yeah. Um, Whatever that God means to you, whatever that, uh, wherever you are spiritually, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't have a, a great deal of, you know, belief, or if you have a little bit, yeah, or if you have a whole bunch, or if you're, you're renewing yourself, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether or not you know this is like a habit you do every week like we're trying to do mm-hmm. or whether it's just something you do now and then yep um do it yeah <laughs> just do it and mm-hmm. and do it with the comfort hopefully of uh, mm-hmm. a community more than just uh yourself absolutely you know love one another just as uh, god loves us and 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 we take these stories we take this the moses story we take the christ story as kind of like and an example of, you know, taking that leap, mm-hmm. taking that risk, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think about the purity of a child, the purity and the innocence of a child. Um, where a child, um, I forget what the verse is where Jesus says, you know, if you had the, the purity of, of the love of a child, then, you know, you'll enter the kingdom of heaven. Um but I think we need to go back to that. You know, as we're adults, we sort of uh, unlearn how to be pure and innocent. We take on all sorts of, you know, bad habits and things like that. Um, so I would invite, you know, during this Christmas holiday season, along with helping others, but bring the joy back. Have the, have the innocence and the purity. You may think that, you know, Christmas is such a, you know, like a fake thing and, oh, this joy and loving and, you know, people aren't all that joy and loving. But... They're, and their children right now, like I wish that seven-year-old would, could spend Christmas, you know, now, and of course she won't. But there are tons of children who don't know the callousness and how hard and how oppressive the world can be. Um, and they shouldn't. They should just be kids. Well, I mean, when we look at stories, again, when we read these stories, mm-hmm. who are we? Yeah. I don't know about you, but when I read the Moses story, when I read the Christ story, I'm the little baby. Is that right? I am. I am the little vulnerable baby who yeah. has no choice but to have these humans, you know, 
do the right thing yeah. or screw me over. Yeah. You know, um, I don't have a voice. I don't have a say-so. Mm-hmm. That's right. I'm the little vulnerable baby who's hoping that somebody over there is going to, you know, mm-hmm. make some good decisions for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, I, I mean, granted, you know, when I read the stories, I'm also, you know, reading them again going like, okay, I'm the Pharaoh who's like, Killing everything and just being an asshole. Okay, now I'm the mm-hmm. now I'm the now I'm the woman who's taking all the risks. Who's, yes. Who's who's not sure? Who's trying not to be afraid? Yeah. And do the right thing. Yeah. You know, but you know, the whole idea of this is to put yourself in these various mm-hmm. roles, and you know, if you're going to put yourself in the baby role, which I do, mm-hmm. um, be vulnerable. Yeah. Be vulnerable. Be trusting. Try it. You know, it's scary. Mm-hmm. But if you're a little baby, what choice do you have? Sure. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. think about it that way. And yeah. and then let yourself go like, okay, I'm going to transfer him and, and uh, Moses' love, and I'm going to be brave. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what that's what makes these stories really lovely and beautiful and come alive for me is because it makes you do the work. Yeah. It, it really does. It mm-hmm. makes you start to do the work. Yep. And what what you come to honestly is is trying to make a reformation uh, with yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. be a better person. You know, be a better person because it's a person that you like. Yep. You know. Yep. That, I mean, God adores you no matter what, but mm-hmm. you know, He'd like you more. Yeah. <laughs> and he probably wouldn't have to keep. <laughs> to do do-overs, you yeah. know, if, if, if you've worked a little harder yeah. at it. And know. if you truly love God, then you will, you know, do the work, which is, you know, you will be a vessel for him. And um, and what I mentioned about being a child, I'm just simply saying, don't look at this holiday season as, as having a callus. We want you to help someone else. Let's say, you know, just give a little bit of your time for someone else. But also enjoy um, the gift that God has given to you and the things that Christmas, this Christmas holiday season works to be. I mean, you know, sure, there are advertisers and there are folks who are decorating gifts because they want to create the holiday spirit. Maybe they succeed, maybe they fail, maybe they hit your heart or whatever, but they're trying. I mean, people are trying to create joy. They're trying to create that, I don't know, that idyllic you know, spirit of Christmas that we once had, I don't know, back in the 70s or 60s or whatever it was. When we sent out the cards. And sure. <laughs> and we saw the Rankin brothers, you know, um, you know, um, the Rankin brothers, they used to do these co- uh, these cartoons, not cartoons, but they were stop motion uh, oh. animation. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, Santa Claus coming to town and uh, the Snowmeister and, and all that stuff. <laughs> and we think of these things as silly now, but when we were kids, they're like, wow, it's Christmas, you know, yeah. and just being so excited. Yeah, not just about the toys, but just the fact that there's love and joy in the air. Yeah, things weren't, things weren't happening in the normal way, the normal course. Sure. Yeah. It's um, easy to lose that, and I invite you to bring some of that back in. Yeah, well, we'll give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we'll give it a shot. Yeah. we got next week to kind of, you know, pump it up again. Exactly, and it'll be your turn next. Oh, my goodness. Oh, goodness. What will we come up with? Yeah. (laughs) We'll find out. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be lovely. Mm -hmm. Do we wrap it up? Sure. Okay. I'll let you close it out. Um, Dear God, you're so fantastically good. How can we be more like you? 
That's what we say. Um, thank you for the idea that you are good to us just because of something that you really love to do for us. Can we take the same kind of naive and beautiful approach to ourselves, to the world you've given us, to all the people, our neighbors and our brothers and sisters? Can we say that we just love you just because it makes us feel good to love you? In Jesus' name, continue and let us do all of your good works. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. And here is my blurb. Faith is a podcast open to anyone. You may not believe at all. You may be Muslim, Jewish, agnostic, or atheist. You may have had horrible experience in the church, which have made you turn your back to God. You can still have faith. We ask that you listen to this podcast, even challenge us. We're on Facebook, SoundCloud. That's where the podcast is. You can also uh, write us directly. I have a uh, Twitter and also Instagram account. You can find me, Rich Space Clay, and DL Carragher for Deb. And share what you feel. Don't feel alienated because we speak of what we believe. The Bible's been around for thousands of years, and even now, in the age of the Internet and social media and great technology, it still has a message for all of us. You can listen to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app or on iTunes. Just open up your iTunes app, click on Store, go on the search engine on the upper right-hand side, and search for it. you got to have faith, and you'll find us. If you use Android, download the SoundCloud app, or just go on SoundCloud.com. Search for us, and you will find us. Thank you for listening. I'm not going